So I love that word. I've heard that testimony so many times. And every time I hear it, I'm like, this is amazing, like to the sense. Like you would really have to be hearing from God because the enemy's not going to give you. He's not going to be like, oh, I want to give you ten times something good. He's just not going to do that. So you know that that's God. So I'm going to talk about summer slumps. Yeah, it's easy to get that when, you know, you don't have time anymore. It seems like you might sit on the beach or you don't have to be somewhere. You're on vacation. You don't know what day it is. And just keeps to, seems to, life just keeps going. So, so basically we kind of have these like spiritual ebbs and flows. Uh, sometimes we feel like really intimately connected with God. We're like, we're hearing him so well and everything is going good. Other times we kind of feel alone um, or that we're like failing spiritually. Uh, regardless, God's promises are always true, no matter how we're feeling. Um, so if you find yourself in one of those slumps, we don't have to worry because God always has a way out, always. Um, I get spiritually stuck. Probably everybody does. There's times where it's like, why am I doing this? What am I doing? We get distracted. We can get pulled down. We, you know, we tend to be undone. We get burnt out. We get overwhelmed. Um, or just feel blah. It just feels like nothing's really going. It could be a lot of things going wrong, or it could be nothing going wrong. But you still might just feel like blah. You know, God may feel distant or irrelevant. And in those times, we begin to think, you know, what's going on here? We experience it differently, I think, for different people, and we might experience it differently um, at different times. So sometimes we feel, um, we have that daily fear of what's going on around us, tragedy, things begin to erode, things to begin to go wrong. We know when things go wrong, it's like the domino effect all the time. One thing breaks, you know, like you got at least three other things that are going to break really in a short amount of time. I just got a new washer because um, it came home from church last Sunday. My dog has been really sick, so I have to like wash her bedding. And of course, right at that time, I come home and the washer's broken. And then we're leaving for. Um, vacation so mercy who is with your children so you know how blessed your children are because i said hey mercy i want to hire you to take care of my house and my pets but you have to diaper my dog okay you know and then wash her bedding by hand because my washer's broken do you still want to do it and she said yes i'll do that i was like that's god right there i mean (laughs) you guys when you come to the point you have to put a diaper on your dog and then you ask somebody else to do it for you That's love. So sometimes all of these things begin to happen. It just seems like one thing after another or tragedy just begins to erode your affection toward God. And you start to, you know, kind of feel like, well, is God really there? I question, is God really good? I feel like I've had three times in my life where I've actually questioned God and said, are you actually good? Are you just sitting up there thinking you could do whatever you want and you're letting me go through this? I had three times in my life, I would say the first time when I got pregnant with this beautiful, beautiful little girl here, she's 16 now, the first time, and I was sick for nine months, every single day, 
every day. There wasn't a day in between. There wasn't an hour. The only time I didn't feel sick is when I was sleeping. I probably was sick. I just didn't feel. Um, And I thought, God, like all of these things are going on. Where are you? This is every day day after day. How could, how could a good God allow me? I'm like serving you. I'm listening to your word. I'm speaking life over me. And I wake up and I'm really sick. And I just started feeling like, God, what's going on? And then I went through over a year and a half with an illness um, that I was sick every single day. And it, you couldn't see it from the outside. So people expect you when you can't see an illness from the outside people expect you to still do everything that you normally do and I thought God where are you if you are good God why am I doing why am I going through this like I've spoken your word I believe your word about healing and here I am how can you be good I start to question that and the third time is when my brother committed suicide and I thought you know what he had everything. He had, he had beautiful children. He had a great job, which he loved. You know, he had me as a sister. I mean, <laughs> all of these things. He was a good guy and not knowing what was going on the inside. And I thought, God, how could you, how, why didn't you send me earlier? And I began to think, like, God, if you're good, why didn't you tell me that this was going on on inside? Why didn't, you know, what, why, why couldn't you do this? And I began to question God. I still love God, but those little things begin to erode, like thing after thing can erode you, or when you, you deal with it daily and you think, God, I know you're good, but right now I don't feel it. Or maybe you kind of get in that slump because you, know, you don't experience the corporate worship things empty. You come to church and just come to church. Hey, you guys, going to go to church? going to go to church. One hour, let's go to church. We sit there. You know, It can feel really repetitive and mundane. And we feel like, well, I've heard this before. God says you need to hear it till you're fully persuaded. And sometimes we get empty and feel distracted. And this usually happens when we disengage from the body. Usually, so a really easy way to fix that, that's really easy. Come to church on a regular basis, interact with people, do things outside of church with people, and you won't have that problem. If you're feeling that, that's an easy one. Be around people. God says don't forsake the assembly because that's how he does that. If you come to church and you sit by yourself and you don't talk to anyone, you're going to feel this really quickly. So sometimes we experience that where it's like, i got to get up and go to church instead of I get to. I've been there. Some days when I'm preaching, I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear her speak today. <laughs> right? Like this whole message came because I'm like, Lord, I feel a little slumpy. I feel a little like, I know I've been seeing you do stuff, but I haven't been like super excited about it. What's wrong with me? Like, I know you're so good. And things haven't even been going bad, but I just feel like, I mean, maybe it was because summer took like nine months to get here, whatever. But it, you can feel that way. You might feel unimpressed or aloof of the things of God. Maybe you haven't been aware of the things God has been doing, and he's been doing things, but we haven't seen them. So we think, well, God, what are you doing? What? Well, he hasn't done anything for me. That is actually how I got through those three times, is all the things that were going wrong. And I said, God, show me where you are. And I saw healing. I saw, you know, my daughter was born alive. I saw, you know, people in my family um, begin to change over things. And so... 
God began to show me all the things that he was doing in the midst of all the things the enemy was doing. So when we feel like aloof to the things of God, uh, the preacher words seem boring. You know what? Sometimes it is boring. Sometimes you've heard it a lot of times, and sometimes it's boring because your heart is hard. I'm not going to go there. Sometimes it's because we're unmotivated. We get unconnected to to God because, you know, we're doing everything else, and we forget to take time and hear what he's saying and see what he's doing. And so it just kind of feels blah. It kind of feels like I'm in this slump. Like, I know I'm a Christian. I know I should live like this. And I know I should act like this. And sometimes we do it on the outside. But inside we're like, I'm just bored or I'm just discontent or I just don't care right now. And that's real life because we've all been there. We've all felt that. Um, It doesn't matter in these times when we feel these ways or we experience this. So you ever had that guilt come on you? Like, I should not feel this way. Like, I should be, like, excited. Like, I live amongst the top population of the world. Like, I have a place to sleep. I have food to eat. You know, I can get health care. I have friends. You know what I mean? I can go to school. All of these things that we think are our problems, we have. And it's like I begin to feel guilty because, like, there's people who have who are worse off than me, and here I am mad because the sun didn't come out for like three months. You know what I mean? But I have a house that's warm to get out of the rain. And we begin to, so then we begin to put this guilt, like, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. So then we like try to put on this front, like, oh, I'm just so happy and so good, but really inside, all this is going on, and we just don't care, or we're feeling like just down. And so then we begin to feel guilty of how we, because of how we feel. See, that's a really good reason that we shouldn't let our feelings lead us because they're crazy. They need to have the Holy Spirit needs to tell your feelings what direction you're going in. Your feeling gets all aligned. The Holy Spirit needs to be like, Psh, get over here right now. Holy Spirit can be like your mom when she pulls that hair right here to get you in line. Get over here right now. When you were little, okay, maybe you didn't have enough kids in your family, but when you have to round up nine kids in a public place, you find there's this little piece of hair right behind the ear that your mom can get you in line real quick with that. But it begins to kind of press down, and we feel, we gil- we feel guilty for how we feel instead of saying, well, this is how I feel, but what's the truth? And it weighs us down, and it, and it presses out the things that God is doing in our life. They're still there. We just don't see them because we're just, everything is just so pressed up against us and we're just seeing all of the worries or all of the things that we that we dislike or we don't want to experience and we've went over to the side of the feelings where it's like well I'm just going to do whatever I'm feeling that is so dangerous you guys know that that that's really dangerous just to do what you feel I mean because my feelings change a lot 10 minutes later I might not feel that way and then I've said or done something when I'm feeling a certain way and I, and I might have wrecked a relationship or I might have hurt somebody because of how I was feeling in, the, in that moment. So we want to figure out how do, we, how do we get out of this slump? How do we get out of this like sticky place where it just seems like we're stuck in? Um, the first thing is be honest. Be honest about your heart. 
you can show people whatever you want, but we need to be honest with ourselves of what is really going on in there. Psalms 41, it says, I waited and waited and waited some more, patiently knowing God would come through for me. Then at last, he bent down and listened to my cry. So David was kind of like, he was being honest, like things are not going right, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and nothing's happening, and I waited some more. I mean, the way he said that, finally, he was basically like, God, when are you going to fix this? When are you going to take care of this? When, is this? when are you going to come through for me? And God bent down and listened to his cry. We need to be honest with ourselves, sifting through our hearts and finding the gold. You know, we do that with other people. People have things going on all the time, and we try to find the gold in them, the good things. We need to do that in our heart, but we also need to sift out and say, this really is in my heart. This junk is in here, and I need to be honest about it, because if I'm not honest about it, it's going to stay there, and it's going to grow, and it's going to multiply, and my heart's going to get harder and harder. So we need to begin to sift and say, okay, God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. What do you want to say? Did you feel God didn't come through for you? Your family's messed up and you're wondering why. Why, God? Why is this going on? Did we let bitterness seep into our hearts through the little disappointments? It's, you know, the big things are easy to forgive. Do you ever notice that? The big things, it's like, it's out there. It's huge. You know what? We just go and it seems to be big. But, you know, think about even the little things. When someone just does something that annoys you. It's not even have to be sin. You know, someone eats cereal next to you over and over. Pretty soon you want to be like, I'm going to break that bowl over your head if you take one more bite, right? Right? Someone clicking their pen. And you're like, I'm going to break that. I'm going to steal that. Picking up, you know, if you've asked someone to not do something multiple times and they do it. It's just like those little things that, be, that tend to be big things. The big things seem to be easy because it's right out in the open. You know you got to deal with that. It's that, those little pieces of rebellion. I don't want to. I've been in this season really honest with my heart, and I think people um, are kind of taken back by it because they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just don't want you to sit next to me right now. I don't want you talking to me right now. Like, I just need a moment. People are like, I'm not trying to be mean. I just am, I'm, I'm trying to be like, this is something wrong with me, not you. Let me, let me deal with this. It's those little things. You know, have we let those in there and let them just stack up and now they're this huge thing that is heavy in our lives? That's how people um, leave churches. They come and they're like, oh, it's great. Well, I just didn't like what they said that day. Then the next thing, it'll be another little thing and another little thing. We've had people come here and be like, you know, it's okay, but I don't like that, you know, you don't have a building. I don't care what you like. If God's called us, he's called us. If that is the reason that you won't come to church, you might as well stay home because we want to move forward in this community and that thinking is always, it's always going to be little thing after little thing. If someone puts little things like that, they'll always find those. So be careful. If you're around people that seem to always pick out these little things, pretty soon they're going to have big things. They're going to be big and you've got to look for those even in your own life. Those little things become disappointments. Well, you know, I was hoping, and that hope gets deferred. You know, our worries begin to crowd out our blessings and our promises and the gifts God has planned for us. 
It can be overwhelming. And to, to everyone else that's looking at us, they think, well, your life seems so good. You know, we might be happy. We might have good jobs. We might be healthy. And people are thinking, well, you should, you should be happy right now. Like, you should have joy right now. Like, why don't you? That's because sometimes we just get in to those slumps where little things have just come in. And outwardly, they're not big, but they're big in our heart. So we need to be, be truthful and say, God, why is this annoying me so much? You know what God says to me when I ask him that? He said, because your heart is selfish. And you care more about your comfort than, than the kingdom. And I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. So sometimes when I snap at people, I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I just need a minute to breathe. Like, you should probably give me five minutes. I'm, I'm figuring this out. Really, God's just, like, helping me figure that out. <laughs> and, and we need to really be honest. Like, that's not who I am, but I have put that in my heart. How do I get that out? I need to sift that junk out of there and, and begin to go back into the blessings and the promises and the gifts and be thankful. And we sift through those things, and we can ask God. Do you guys know that we can ask God? He is God, and he is good, but we can ask him, God, where were you? We have the right to ask him that. He's not going to be mad at you. I mean, Mary, Mar- they did that when, the, when you know, um, Jesus' friends, they asked, you know, where were you when Lazarus died? Where were you? And he, and he, you know, he didn't say, he didn't give them an excuse and all of this. He wept with them. And he said, I know, this must hurt. So we can ask God, where were you? Why didn't this work out? Why did I go through this? God, I'm a little bit broken. Can you help get me back to good? And you know what he always says? Yes. He always says yes. It doesn't matter if we are a little or a lot broken. He's he always wants to get us back to good. We don't have to put on a front for people. We don't have to put on a front for God. I mean, it's impossible. So if we think we're putting on a front for God by, you know, looking perfect in front of others, God already knows, and he's okay with that. He still loves you. His call on your life has not changed. He's not like, you know what, you're done. You know, you messed up. You, you haven't been, you know worshiping and honoring me the way you ha- you're supposed to. No, he doesn't do that. He's like, you don't have to put on a front for me. I want to help you get back to where your heart is filled with joy and that you want to serve me and you want to run after me. That's what God wants for us. The next thing, so sifting our heart, being honest with that, realizing what's in there. The next thing is remember. God can heal us through remembering. That's why we do testimonies. Um, and, and in the Bible, when we read that, we're remembering what God has already done. That's basically what we're doing when we're reading the books of the Bible. We're remembering, he's telling us, this happened here, and this happened here, and remembering what God has done. <clears throat> and it reminds us that nothing is going to surprise him. If you think that you got sin in your life that needs to stay hidden, um, look in the Bible. You know, they were... They were having people killed. They, you know, were cheating. They were lying. They were stealing. It's everywhere. God saw that, and he still called them. He still said, you know, I see the good in you. I know what I created your heart for. 
nothing we're experiencing is surprising to God. He's not like, I can't believe that. I gave you all this and this is how you feel. It does not surprise God. The Israelites were released as an entire nation from slavery and they complained because they didn't like the bread. I don't know, maybe it had too much gluten in it. I'm not sure how that worked out. but <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, I don't like this. Oh, there's big people there. Well, you know what? Quit tall shaming people, okay? They were giants. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they were doing. And God didn't, you know, he's like, you know what? I figured you guys would do this. It's okay. We're still going to get, you might not all see it. But we're going to get this nation there. We're going to do this. He already knew. It's nothing new. So the most faithful, the happiest Christian in the universe will experience, you know, spiritual dark moments or slumps. And God knows and he cares intimately about us. He knows when we have sin. It's not like we have to, um, you know, say it out loud to him. He already knows. He knows when we've been stubborn and rebellious and we turn away. He knows every desperate moment that we've had. He knows the unmet hope. That's, that's hard, isn't it, when our hopes are unmet? He knows when we have a cynical thought towards him. I mean, you guys are amazing, so you probably never had this thought. But there's times I'm like, is there really a God? You ever been there? Like, your brain, and then you're like, how could I even think that? Like, everything I've seen, like, there is so much evidence of a God and a good God, and I've seen it in my own life. Like, and, and I'm just like, why am I even thinking? Why am I thinking that thought? And I'm like, that's from the enemy. Goodbye. But he knows if we have cynical thoughts toward him. He knows when we have fear. He's been there in every lonely moment. He's been there for every crisis from small to big. He's been with you when you've been in despair. He's been with you when you've been rejected or felt rejected. He knows everything about us. And he still sustained us for today. He still gave us breath today. No matter how ungrateful I've heard. I know you guys have probably heard this. It says, what would you have today uh, if you only got what you thank God for yesterday? And I thought, I never talked to you. There's been days where it's like, I never talked to you, God, so I would have nothing. Like when I think of that, I thought, I didn't even, you know, I was just so in my own head that I never even thanked you for anything. I didn't even pray for my food one day. You know what I mean? I mean, I kind of need that to live. But I thought about that. He still gave me breath, even in those moments when I had moments like that. And I want you guys to know, just because... I'm up here preaching or speaking. We still have moments like that. Everybody. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years. You will still have moments like that. That's your feelings, and that's where the maturity in your spirit as you grow can begin to take those quicker and be like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going there. No way. But he knows everything. He gave us life today still because it says remember that God never leaves you and he never forsakes you so we just got to remember that it doesn't matter what we've done where we are or how we're feeling God says he's not going to leave us or forsake us he's never going to do that 
and the, and the last thing um, when we're in a slump is we need to practice receiving the love of God. Um, we hear the love of God, but sometimes we don't practice it. And if you don't practice it, you don't get good at it. And if you don't get good at it, you don't really believe it. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes we know it, but we haven't really experienced it. In Zephaniah 3.17, um, I'm gonna, it says, Your God is present among you, a strong warrior there to save you. Happy to have you back. He'll calm you with his love and delight over you with his songs. So when we kind of take time away from God, he's like, he's always happy to have us back. I love that. It says that in the message. He's happy to have us back, and he is going to bring us back in and calm us with his love. He's going to take away that anxiety. He's going to take away that worry. He's going to take away that fear. He's going to calm us with his life, and he will delight over you with songs. He's joyful, and he's going to sing about you. God loves you so much. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. I mean, you can't change anything about that. He's with you in those dim and dark spots, in those slumps. He doesn't leave you, even though it might feel like he's distant. That's usually because we haven't sifted our heart. He's still right there. He, de- he never moves away from us. He never walks away from us. We are never distant. We are never far from God. That is only a feeling. We may feel far from God because that is how we have submitted to our feelings, but we are never far from God. If we have accepted Christ, we said, you know, I know that your son Jesus died on the cross for us, and I confess with my mouth that he is Lord, and I accept him into my life. He is part of you. You can never be far. You know what? If he lives inside of you, it's really hard to be far from something that is inside of you. Kind of impossible, right? So whenever that feeling comes where you feel like I'm far from God, you know where that thought comes from. That's the enemy because it is impossible to be far from, from someone who lives inside of you. That is how much he loves you. He's like, I'm going to make it so that you can never be distant from me ever again. That is how much he loved us. Do you understand? So anytime you feel that way, you know that that's a feeling. And you tell your feeling, you submit to the spirit of the Lord. Our feelings are there to just help us um, grow and mature and, and to feel the extent of love and joy and things like that. But they are not there to lead our, our, us around. That would be like herding cats. Our feelings would be all over the place. You know what I mean? You ever seen a cat? They, they're just unpredictable. You're like, hey, pretty baby, so cute. You're just petting them. Next thing you know, they just whop up. Psh- slap you in the face and you're like what they do and they're just like purring I didn't do anything and you're like what are you doing I don't know what it is um it made me think of Rachel your brother one time we were sitting in this youth room and we were we were speaking and it was like seats all around like a U, like huge it was one side to the other side of the room and and the cat is sitting on someone's lap on this side of the room and I'm just speaking all of a sudden the cat jumps up runs over to Brian and takes both his hands and beats his head over like a bunch of times and then walks out and everyone's like what just happened like like it was crazy that that's how feelings are they're unpredictable and like the next thing the cat like just comes up and is purring and 
I mean, it did that to my, the same cat. Lana's upstairs sleeping. I hear this crying in the morning. I'm like, what happened? She's like, the cat, you let it in the house. It ran right up here, got on my head, started hitting me, and then ran downstairs. I'm like, it's un- that's how feelings can be. But that's how feelings can be. They're unpredictable. I'm not letting that lead. You know what I mean? That'll get you in a fight. <laughs> Just run out, start hitting people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might hit the wrong person. Right? I mean, that's why we can't let our feelings lead. God loves us, and he lives inside of us, and we can't be separated from that love. And he says he sings songs of joy about you. He's joyful. Even when you feel like you're you're not cutting it, he's singing songs about you. If you look, he spoke everything long before we were even created and he spoke about us and he spoke about that we were going to be in his kingdom how good is that it's amazing so basically the beauty of God's love is it survives spiritual dryness so if you feel like I just feel like dry and just doing the same thing his love will will surpass that you'll survive it Uh, and we just start in there there's nothing, there's no more news that we even need. It's just Christ, he sent his son. What a great love that he sent his son to die for us. And First John, I'm going to finish um, here in a minute, but First John 4.10 says, um, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other. Since love comes from God, everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refused to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So if you love on any aspect, you love your children, you love your job, you love your friends, you love your family, then then you must know God. There is a piece of you. You may not know Jesus yet, but you know there is a God because God created love. You cannot have love without God. So you can't know him if you don't know love. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his only son into this world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. Cleared away our sins. I love the message Bible. He sent it and he said, I'm going to give you what I love most to clear away anything that would hinder our relationship. I feel that way towards my children, right? Nobody, nothing they will do would make me not love them. I may not like some things that they do, but man, at all costs, I am going to work and make sure that I have connection with my children. Because I love them. How much more did God do that? He had to give up his son for us so that we would always have that connection. That we would always have a God that runs towards us, never away, that never turns his back on us. Practice receiving that love. Especially when you don't feel you deserve it. You feel unloving, you feel callous, you feel cold towards others, or even God. Sometimes I know I'm being horrible. Right? That's being honest. How many of you guys have known there's times you have been horrible? You have been mean, you have said rude things. We know when we have been horrible. But you know what? When I'm like that, I always look at God and I say, thank you for loving me because I'm making it really hard right now. 
because I know he does. In my worst moments, my heart can go to God and say, I am a mess, and you still love me. Thank you, God, for loving me, even when I don't feel it. Thank you for loving me when I'm a mess. You know, he does that. He shows me, hey, I love you. Can, can you clean this up? Let's bring some repentance. Let's clean this up. It's gonna, you're going to have a lot more peace in your life when you do. Do that with yourself, but also do that with others. If you have messes, clean them up. Do not let time, do not think time will fix your messes. They just get stinkier and bigger. I just really feel that today, that if you have people in your life, you don't have to have them be your best friends, but you need to clean up your messes. God's saying, I want you to experience the love and not the bitterness. And if you let messes grow, you're going to walk in bitterness. If you feel that there's something I need to clean up with you, then come to me. I hate when people say, well, I'm mad at them. Well, if you're mad at them, why did you tell everybody else? Tell me. I'll deal with it with you. Don't talk about it to everyone else because now you're making a mess you got to clean up. Right? You got into a mess you didn't mean to get into. Now you're in the tar pit, and it's a lot hard to get out once you went everywhere there. So if there's something, if someone hurt you, come up and say, hey, I didn't know you probably didn't mean this, but you really hurt me when you said that. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even think of that. I was just, you know, blobbing off, or I was tired, or I was hungry, or, you know, I actually didn't mean it that way. It just came out. I was trying to be assertive, and actually it came out rude. You know what I mean? Have you ever met a person that's like, kind of like that? Like you're thinking, is that a joke? They're like sarcastic. You're like, was that a joke, or were they being mean to me? And so you could just ask them, hey, was that a joke, or were you just being rude? And they'll always say, oh, I didn't mean that. Even if they did, you kind of put them on the spot and made them realize, like, oh, we're, we're going to clean up this mess. And the people that don't want to clean up their messes, you'll watch that they'll be in your life less and less, and they'll find other messy people. Just because you have messes doesn't mean you have to stay there. I don't want to stay in that junk. I don't want to stay in bitterness. I want to stay in the love of God. I want God to sing songs over me, release promises over me, and that's where I want to do. So if you have messes, clean them up. If you have an issue with somebody, go and clean it up. Get free from that. Quit letting them be your God. When you let someone control how you feel or what you do, they become your God and you become their slave. You're, well, I wouldn't say God with little g. Is that what you guys are understanding that? Like, that's why God says, go and I love you even when you're messy. Clean it up. That's why he made repentance. He didn't make apology. He made repentance. We get mixed up with that. Apology is, I'm sorry, I got caught. Repentance is, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. I'm sorry, and now I'm going to turn 180 and do the opposite. And whatever in that turn I need to do to make it right, I'm going to do. Right? That's the way. See, a lot of people want to do this, and they don't want to clean up the mess of the wake that they made when they got there. So remember, when you repent, there's an action to it, and you've got to clean up, and you turn and you go from, and then you're back in the presence of God. He never left you. You just chose to put your mind and your emotions away from him.
you chose that because there's no slump there's no desolate place there's no no rebellion too big bitter places that god can't bring you back from god he sent his son for all mankind he in the flesh as jesus took the keys of hell i mean that's pretty dark place took the keys of hell and he brought them and he said this is for everybody God's love is in, uncomprehensible. We can't even understand the vastness of his love. He is so trustworthy. He has constantly has that restful spirit just sitting, waiting for us to just um, come to him and rest. He's confident. It all starts with the love of God because he so loved the world he gave his son. We have to understand that it is in love that we can get out of slumps. And if someone's in one, you then maybe could be someone that could help them. If the person next to you just seems to have bitterness all the time, then you bring the love of Christ to them because you have it in you. Sometimes you're receiving it, sometimes you're giving it. And that is how people will begin to move and grow and mature in the things of God. They will begin to experience the love of God, not just from their relationship with God, but God put people in their life so they can experience the love of God through each other. So let's just pray.